this week, things are going great with a lot of our picks, actually. A little bit of hint, uh, we're going to be getting into what's going on with JPM, Morgan Stanley with earnings. Uh, we've seen some really exciting things. We're excited to have you join us here. Uh, and spoiler alert, we're into communication this week. What's going on with that, Tyler? Yeah, so it's, it's, it's interesting. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll lead off with, uh, with a self high five. Uh, we had double misses in, in JP Morgan and, and Morgan Stanley this morning. Uh, both stocks down. So we'd like to see that. That's phase one on the way to hopefully, um, the second stage of this is we will look to, to buy a bottom, uh, later next month. Um, there's some earnings on the way tomorrow and next Monday, Goldman Sachs and, and Bank of America that will be important and that we need to clear before we, we get to, uh, you know, we get to a chance to potentially buy them. And this idea of having earnings clear is, is kind of what informed our picks for this week. Um, I don't really want to be involved in, in too many names that are, you know, kind of here, neither here nor there going into earnings because you, you then pick up an, uh, you know, potentially unnecessary or unwanted catalyst in that earnings report that, you know, could, could give your position some volatility, potentially some, you know, adverse volatility or a drawdown, um, you know, with, without not, without really having a view on earnings itself, you just kind of pick up some negative performance. So I, unless you have a specific earnings view like we do, like, you know, we like to talk about, I prefer to let earnings clear and then you enter the position based on all of the other things and not the catalyst. So, you know, I just kind of want to talk about that off the top. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's Tyler, speaking of earnings, patient dead on the table, UNH, what's going on there? That's that, that comes, uh, that'll come after, after the market today, but the, the trades already, you know, in the money, the, the, the put trade is, uh, has nearly doubled. Um, so really, you know, we just need UNH not to, not to go up and, and we'll, we'll realize some pretty nice gain there. Um, you know, but Which we, we actually we already could, right? Like, yes, just, you can, you can take the off the trade here. Yes, you absolutely could do that. But, um, you know, given our view of UNH earnings, you know, I think it's, it's prudent to maintain some, you know, some kind of short exposure, even if it's not the full position. But yes, that's been working and we expect, you know, the, the final blow after, after the bell today on, on that trade. Quick thing. We had a question a few days ago, uh, from an Eduardo Pereira. Great guy. Love this guy. But, uh, I don't think we actually answered the question. He asked us, have we improved the models and, and have the models learned from the JEF experience? If you'll recall a couple of weeks back, we had a missed call on JEF. The answer is absolutely yes. So actually we took that opportunity to do a complete reevaluation and deep dive into our models and we were able to tweak some things. And what we saw was actually an enormous improvement in our MAEM and, um, uh, RMSE. So that was a fantastic chance for us. We're getting to the point where these models are really scary accurate. So we're excited about what's coming to you for these earnings models. Again, one of the most powerful things coming out of Folico. And what I love about it, Tyler, is how that ties in with our stock price forecasts. You know, just like you're talking about, if you don't have a narrative of how a company is making money or generally doing business and how that's going to translate into earnings, then, you know, really, what are you doing here? Uh, so th- I, I like what we have here for the show today. So why communication? Well, a couple reasons. One, because, you know, I, I kind of think that the, the sell-off in the sector is, is closer to complete than, than, uh, you know, pretty much any of the other sectors we look at. And by the, by the way, when I say I think, I mean, Felico and our data think that 
you know, this is, this is the closest, um, you know, another sector like biotech that we said is bottoming before the market. Um, these specific stocks we think are also bottoming before the market. There's one problem with taking this as a sector view though. If you used XLC, which is the communications ETF, that's like 40% meta and Google. So I actually probably would be a seller of that against the basket of, of these that I'm about to show you. Um, you know, we, we prefer and I prefer stretching out the data and using as large a sample size as possible and as many companies as possible to inform a decision, which is why I've liked talking about these things in terms of sectors. But in this case, there's just no ETF to properly replicate, uh, the exposure that, that I want to show today. Well, communication services, you go in with a theory, a view on the market, and then you see Google and Meta. I mean, it, this this sector has always bothered me for being so heavily weighted into what is obviously tech. Right, and that's the problem. Is it's it's been a it's been a shadow tech stock, really. So you know, given our view on the rest of that, we probably would would you know really prefer to short the XLC ETF. By the way, hang on for next week. We are going to be going into ARC. We're seeing some interesting signals for that. But next week, stay tuned for a deep dive on ARC and whether or not we're seeing a bottom there and some opportunities on the upside later on. But for today, communication services, let's take a look. So here is here are our targets. And let's see if I can zoom in a little here. So that's actually some pretty nice upside for a couple reasons. One, our forecasts are uniformly green. Um, I prefer to trade uniformly green or uniformly red forecasts. I don't like the idea, um, unless it's a special situation of trying to be too fine, you know, long one week, short four. Um, there are plenty of ways to do that, and there, there, there are good reasons to do that. But when I'm trading this specific um, model data, that's that's not really how I like to look at it. But, you know, I do, I do like the confirmation across, across several of these names that, you know, we see almost 20% of, of upside, you know, across these names. If I had to pick, if I had to pick one, I'd give you two and I'll tell you why. Um, the, the, my, my most favorable risk reward on evaluation here is probably Lumen Technologies. Um, but if you want to shoot for the highest upside and also take some EM exposure, uh, Brazil specifically, VIV is actually uh, our best idea in the stack. But you are taking some some Brazil EM exposure. We actually don't think that's the worst thing in the world. We 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 uh, are most bullish Brazil out of out of the you know the all the EM countries. That doesn't mean you know we're super bullish, but you know we 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 are you know. Pretty bearish on China still, for example, we're less bearish, um, EWZ, uh, which is Brazil. So I do think there are several names here you can trade. Also an interesting one. Um, you know, that's, that's had a big move lower. Um, the technical setup is starting to improve. Um, actually it's really starting to improve, uh, in a, in a couple of these. So, you know, we, we kind of well, like. I'll tell you what, what gives me pause though about four and five about Viv and Tim. Um, look at that six month change. Air has not been let out of that, out of these, uh, in, in the past, you know, six months. They, they're up on the six month, uh, price movement. So I don't know. For me, they haven't really seen that big movement that we've been looking to, to sink our teeth into. Don't you see a little bit more risk in that? Whereas if you're looking at Altis or Lumen, I mean, clearly they've, they've taken some beatings. This is a sector that's faced some high consolidation over the past few months. 
Mm-hmm. And so that consolidation coming out into further strength is something that I'd want to see that they've dropped over the past six months, consolidated, gotten stronger, and now they're ready to go forward because communication is just going to get more important, not less, right? So it doesn't, isn't that something that builds up in the mind positively? And then this is just me, but I don't think I'd throw dollars at, at VIV. So it's interesting because I, I personally will be, will be looking to trade LUMN, LUMN or Altis, but I will defend VIV on the basis of, you know, global equities have gotten, you know, broadly crushed in the last seven months. So the fact that there was some relative strength there actually might be, you know, an okay sign because the other side of the, the question is, you know, with everything, you know, that had a ticker pretty much getting completely destroyed, you know, how is it that this, you know, Brazilian phone company was able to hang on, you know, in the slightest, you know, I, I would, I would think, especially, you know, EM kind of thing in a, in a big, uh, liquidity craved, you know, sell off like we kind of had, I would have expected that thing to have gotten completely, you know, beaten, but at, you know, that, that's not the case. So that is, that is, uh, a point for, I do think, um, you know, if, if you're a believer in momentum and, and higher and highs make hot new highs and lows make new lows, you know, I actually would, would suggest VIV for you. Um, personally, I'm just trying to pick a bottom in, in all T's. I'll probably buy, you know, something like, you know, some three months somewhat out of the money calls. I, I haven't, you know, given it a uh, complete thought yet, but that's, that's probably my favorite one to trade, but you know, I actually don't think any of these are a bad idea. None of them are certainly short. I can, you know, know, so if I understand you correctly, Tyler, it sounds like, you know, it had its chance to die out. It had its chance to really charge downward. Instead, we're seeing that strength coming out. And now if we're going to reprice communication up, it deserves the same bid up. Yeah. I mean, if not, you know, more because the market deemed, you know, this company to be completely, um, superior to, you know, pretty much any of the other names in the stack over the period. So, you know, it's, it's definitely notable, um, and definitely something to keep watching. You know, I'll, I'll definitely look at, uh, the Altice VIV ratio on the way back up and, you know, hopefully I'm outperforming, but I wouldn't be surprised from the lens of momentum and relative strength to see, you know, further strength in VIV. Now, one communication stock that we're not talking about right now that was a darling of the COVID era is Zoom, ZM, ticker. Why isn't that on the sheet? What What is it about ZM that isn't causing it to float with the rest of these? Well, I mean, first of all, we're on teams, right? So, um, <laughs> but I mean, that's the problem, right? I, I just think, you know, oh, hang on. sorry, guys, a little too much Zoom. Okay, so at least I can show you. We think, a, a, you know, another slide's coming in in, in Zoom, um, you know. And it's interesting because it actually kind of does paint a similar picture of over the next two, uh, next three weeks, we actually have Zoom pretty much flat. So that would make sense. Like Zoom's the worst performer in the in the deck. That's flat. The rest of the stuff outperforms. Um, but I also think, you know, it's, it's a slightly different comparison when, you know, Altice does, um, you know, optic, optic lines for internet and Zoom is, is, you know, involved in, 
you know, telemeetings and, and things like that, which, you know, I think we've seen, you know, uh, work from home hasn't gone away, you know, here I am, right? Um, but I think we've seen the largest, most outsized work from home push already. So on a rate of change basis, it's never going to get any better than it's been. Um, Let me go through this a little bit too, a little bit, a slightly different view. So this is looking at earnings power with Zoom's stock price. And we saw this depreciation in the earnings power in tandem with that stock price. We saw a bump here, a rally that led to some nice appreciation of Zoom's stock price, but then the general malaise. And I think that's what we're seeing in a lot of ARC right now. And that's why next week it's going to be so important to join us for our ARC conversation to see if that malaise might get shaken up a little bit here. But, um, yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't think that this is getting priced as general communications. I, I think it's still getting lumped in with that ARC uh, tech. And actually what's interesting is if earnings power turns up a little bit, that turns into a, you know, that turns into a buy trade over earnings, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to trade a flat earnings power that's diverged away from price, but I certainly will if, um, if it can turn up here, especially because, you know, we don't think that the fact earnings is still positive is priced in. Excellent. So we did get a question real quick, Tyler, that I want to dive into AI powered swing trader. He's coming in and he's asking, how did we find these top names? So I do know the AI powered swing trader is a Folico subscriber. So I just want to give him a heads up on what's going on here. Uh, first off, you're going to see some big updates in our home screen. I love this because not only are we showing percentage upside, but we're also seeing discrete price targets for a lot of these names, uh, which is nice. But one thing that I love to do here, I'm going to hide that banner. Uh, I love to come in and see the sector plays. One of the most powerful things that I see happening in Folico is this consensus view on what's happening in uh, in large parts of the stock market. This is how we were able to call oil so well. This is how we were able to call a lot of these sector plays so well that you've seen over the past few weeks. And so what you can do here in Folico is look at here, communication services has bubbled to the top, and this is rank sorted for strength of sector. And so communication services reaching the top, I can come in here and see all seven buy trades coming in, right? And you can see that malaise happening with Zoom. Uh, but if I sort, uh, I can sort on any of these weekly horizons, uh, come in, see exactly what's looked, uh, looking the best for that four week. That's a pretty interesting view. Um, I like to come in and see what's been letting air out, especially these days, you know, Folico deployed this year uh, and uh, was publicly available this year. And so it's been a lot of bear market views that I've gotten very comfortable and used to since deployment. So I love to see a lot of the red in the past leading to a lot of green in the future, especially consensus on these models. Now, remember what we've said over and over again on this is that each of these models don't talk to each other. They're separate independent models looking at trends, looking at shapes, looking at these health scores, looking at potential earnings, everything like that. And these models come together and form a view of in one week, here's why I see the stock coming. That's why Folico is so powerful. You're not just getting one data point. You're not just getting us in a vacuum saying, hey, we think it's a good trade. Uh, Folico is coming in showing you a seven different AI models all on different time horizons. And when those seven different models come together and they conclude this is a good purchase, we see a lot more strength than that. So that's what we call our counselor model. Each of those different models are coming together as a counselor to advise you on your portfolio. But then those health scores coming in 
together to form a view on what's going on. Now, one thing that you'll notice if you go back to our last Wednesday's broadcast, we talked about the power of our health factors. We went in on a deep dive of what our six health factors are. If you want to go deep with us and understand a lot of what we're talking about in these health factors day after day after day on our broadcast, go back to that last Wednesday's broadcast and take a look. And what you're going to notice is something we peeled apart on the deltas. So the the derivative of these health score graphs, if you will, is that oftentimes strength comes out of the gentle sloping curves. Even a gentle downward sloping curve can be a negative thing, but it also can be a positive thing if you're seeing a turnaround here. And you'll notice on the long term for a lot of these communication stocks, we see this gentle curve with a bottoming out. Uh, and then the models picking up from a lot of the shapes of these stock prices, uh, the fundamentals, and saying, I see something strong to go on here, which is why we like these tickers today. So AI-powered <coughs> swing trader, thank you for the question. I hope this gives an inside view for our process to surface these names in Folico. Subscribe today. This is available to the general public. We're seeing some incredible growth. So huge thank you to everyone that's come in to help us make this a success. Continue bringing you this statistics, these numbers. Uh, and go in, subscribe today. That is www.cinerai.com. We're going to keep bringing you insights in the show to show you how to use Folico in the most appropriate way. We're going to be giving you value right off the gate by showing you what tickers interest us the most. But in order to really drive your portfolio forward, you're going to want to go in and subscribe. Hit that subscribe button below uh, the video today to keep receiving these insights every morning, Monday through Thursday, 8.30 a.m. to 9 o'clock a.m. Eastern time. We're going to keep bringing these insights, uh, and that hopefully takes care of that. Tyler. What should we be looking for as get-in or exit signals on these communication stocks? Any particular thoughts there? So we have we have earnings in two weeks on these. Um, you know, I actually think in all these cases, you know, I'm going to completely go against what I said at the beginning of this this show, pretty much. If you do have a positive view of earnings and you want to get long ahead of time, and basically you think you're picking up just another positive catalyst. That's fine to do. So if you looked at, um, you know, the screen you just showed showing the the earnings power for the communication sector versus the whole sector, you know, that seemed like a reasonable, uh, you know, a reasonable thing to get long in advance of. Um, you don't need to wait for that to get out of the way because it's favorable. It, it, it looks like an additional edge. So, um, you know, I, I, I think you can, according to the data, you can buy these here. Um, you can buy these here. You can hold them through earnings, you know, with a with a positive 12-week outlook um, is, is how I'm thinking about them. The rest of this stuff gets a bit trickier because, as I was talking about next week, like it's it's tough to trade, you know, high notional tech stocks through earnings just because you have to, you have to, you know, lay out such a large amount, you know, per contract. Some people are not comfortable doing that. Um, but these, because we have positive earnings expectations, we have no problem taking into earnings. And Tyler... You know, A, you're definitely going to want to watch those shows, too, in case the models come out with with a screaming signal of, like, earnings not maybe not as good or better or something like that. But So make sure you tune in for the earnings on, on those weeks. But at the same time, Tyler, I do want to ask, um, this seems like a sector that could hold well in a recession. Everyone's going to need to communicate whether or not – everyone's going to continue working from home, whether or not they're, they're pairing back purchases. This seems like the kind of – the kind of industry that would survive well uh, any kind of recession that we're seeing going forward, right? So what do you, what's your view on that in terms of 
this is something if earnings everywhere else is kind of hurting a little bit, this is actually something that could, and, and this is my view as, as a data scientist and, and MBA kind of person. What is it from a market's perspective? Yeah. I mean, you know, you're going to, you're going to need, you're going to need Wi-Fi to watch, uh, watch TV and play video games from your couch because you're unemployed and you're, you know, your stock portfolio went to zero, right? Like, yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, in terms of the hierarchy of, 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 of cuts a consumer would make going into recession, you know, your, your communications, internet, you know, tech kind of uh, connectivity stuff is like the last to go. So, you know, I, I would expect that to be a decent place to to hide on a relative basis, at least if, if we see, you know, further weakness like like we we expect. Cool. All right. So we are 21 minutes into our broadcast. I want to bring everyone. Uh, if you're still with us, clearly you're liking something we're saying. So I want to give you what I feel is some of the best stuff that we can offer. I want to go through a couple things from this week. JPM, CAG. A lot of our earnings forecasts this week have come out to be directionally very strong uh, and producing some fantastic results. Uh, we've been trading on these um, uh, these predictions all week so far. That's been going fantastically well. But Tyler, I, I really do want to get down and ask you. You know, we're seeing our earnings forecast coming out and bearing a lot of fruit. What does that mean for the upcoming quarter? What does that mean for recession? Let's get a little bit macro here and talk about how we're interpreting this. I mean, if we, if we're right on the banks, which I'm, I'm going to remind everyone, we're betting the under on literally every, every bank report for this week. We'll get back to you next week, uh, Bank of America and Goldman report next week. I haven't seen our, our EPS expectations on that. But yeah, I mean, Thursday, Friday, we have the under on everything. We have, we have all banks missing, um, all, all the financial institutions missing, the insurers, like, you know, we have the whole thing stinking some, something rotten. Um, you use the term, you know, worst I've seen, which is, you know, pretty impressive because, you know, you work with a ton of data. Um, so I'm macro, not good, you know, not good lending down, um, issuance down, like, you know, nothing, nothing positive is, is going to come out of, of at least bank earnings to start, um, you know, according to our projections. So that, that's going to be very interesting. Um, cause it already kind of started to happen this morning. Um, I believe it was Jamie Diamond was talking about, um, you know, the consumers levering up. So, you know, that's not good. You know, that's, that's not a, that's not a, that's not a feature of a healthy consumer whose, you know, salary is outpacing inflation, right? It means you're just using credit to make up the difference. So that, that doesn't sound like a, like a bullish characteristic to me either. Um, really the question though, that we're starting to get to, um, is how much of this have we priced in? Uh, the, the market, the, the rates market is pricing in the Fed cutting already in 2023. So like, you know, if that kind of backdrop comes to fruition where, you know, the Fed's already cutting and, you know, inflation is, is coming somewhat lower than like, you know, maybe a lot of this is priced. I personally don't think that's the case. I think the, the Fed has, uh, you know, way more of an appetite for destruction this time. Um, you know, I, I think, I, I think the, the Fed put is way lower than it's been traditionally. There's still one there. There's always going to be one there. Um, which is why you we never talked to me though, Tyler. I'm speaking on is this price thin? I remember a month ago when CPI numbers came out and it was in the eights and the, the market just huge drop that day, right? 
new CPI numbers come down. Of course, everyone was hopeful, especially after such solid unemployment numbers and things like that, hopeful that there would be other good indicators in the economy. Uh, and then CPI numbers coming out higher than I think everyone was hoping for. And yet the market didn't really face the same event that it did a month ago. Uh, it, 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 it was lower. I think the NASDAQ the day of was actually up a little bit. Mm-hmm. So are people a little bit expecting this now? It's, I mean, that there's two parts of, of these trade. I mean, there's more than two parts, but there's the trade itself. And then there's the positioning of everybody else in the trade. Um, and I think largely the market de-risked Friday for that number. We had a, basically we had the reaction to the 9.1 print last week as market participants exited long positions before the event. So by the time the event came around, everyone who had to sell had already done so. So we just kind of get one of those, you know, the shrubby, the shrubby emoji, right? Like, um, you just kind of go sideways. So that, that's the other trick when, when doing, you know, any catalyst style trade, you know, uh, event driven, um, you have to be very cognizant of what positioning is because if it's you and everybody else in a position, you know, even if CPI does print 9.1, you know, it, it's not going to work as well as, you know, if, if you were the only one expecting it, then you get paid for the view. You get paid to take views that, that the market in general is not currently taking. You know, for example, um, you could sell, you know, some 2023 euro dollars, you know, you, you pick the, the month on the curve that you think is optimal, but, you know, because you don't think the Fed's going to be cutting, for example. Um, so that's kind now, of how Tyler, and, and I'm, I, I, in my data science yeah. mind, I'm laying um, a foundation here a little bit. Bank earnings really not doing well at all. So far, kind of expecting CPI to continue to being bad. Market reacting early for it instead of on the number, right? I want to bring you back to a phrase you used like two weeks ago, capitulation event. Are we starting to see that? And in other words, I'm saying, yeah, yeah, rough times, right? March to June. Everyone was pretty clear. By the way, earnings coming out, they're going to be bad, right? Did anyone think March to June was going to be the bumper crop? You know, did anyone think that those were going to be earnings to write home about, right? Could this be, though, the start of that capitulation event that – forms the second half of that you i mean that's that's kind of what we're thinking um you know the, from what i've seen you know our bank earnings specifically you know parlay bet the under yes fine um but the rest of it's not great either so yeah i mean in, in certainly in some cases you know we could see earnings bad enough to finally get everyone to quit on the stock which is the exact moment you want to buy it um and that's that's kind of the thing i think we're missing is it's it's pretty remarkable. It's like, you know, the arc longs are like a boxer who've just gotten beaten for 11 rounds, but they're like still in the fight, right? Like, you know, still adding, still buying the dip, still. So like, you know, we may have to have to break the bat on, on, you know, those kind of longs for us to really put in an intermediate bottom. Like, you know, we may have to have a, you know, a, a 700 points spy backbreaker, you know, down to 300 and a bounce, right? Like something like that. That's, that's kind of how I'm thinking about it. Um, because yes, it, it, it feels, you know, and, and that's not to say that the market won't bottom and go straight up here because, you know, the market is good at, you know, making fools of us all, right? Like it's, it's the only certainty in markets is you will look dumb at some point. Um, 
But you know, we'll 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 definitely see because we've you know we've been talking about wanting to turn you know constructive for probably a couple weeks now, and we just really don't have the data yet. The banking data might be it um, in terms of a capitulatory event. If every bank misses, that's going to be you know that'll that'll be something that'll you know that's that's the kind of time you want to buy because then you know how does it get any worse, right? Um, yep. You know, I, I, I reiterate just thinking logically buying banks into a recession doesn't seem like a good idea. But, you know, if the data says that, that that's that's the right thing based on our process and our framework, that's what we're going to do. Gotcha. All right, everybody. We need to go play some trades. Thank you for joining us today. This has been Folico Live. Again, hit that subscribe button so you can join us every morning. We're going to bring be bringing you new data, new insights, new topics to consider for your portfolio Thank you, everyone, for joining us. 